Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arsketin coming to you from North Carolina, and today is a blessed day. We have a lot to get into for those watching and listening on podcasts, on replay and or live early in the morning, late at night, however you're watching with us. We greatly appreciate and are honored to have you on with us going through the news, standing on the wall, praying for this nation and the office of the president. Now with that, I titled today's very meaty, Equipping Parents and Breaking Out the Truth. And I want to deal with some lies that have been repeated for quite some time in regards to marriage and divorce, and then really, really pray for the equipping of parents and children in this day ahead as you know, we've had the prophecy of war babies. Um, we're understanding that this battle is, in the long run, going to take uh, multi-generations uh, reaching across generational boundaries and even here in this nation building up the foundational knowledge and the foundation within the body of christ upon scripture and nothing else other than scripture through love and relationship now with that we want to start in the word and today i want to highlight Portions of passage in Ephesians 4 through 6. And then obviously have a deal with an understanding of the armor of God. Now we see, and I want to stay high level, I want to highlight just portions of this. If you've ever read Ephesians 4, I think you understand what this is about. And I'm reading these titles of the different passages in Ephesians 4 through the um, English Standard Version, because I think it gives a better um, titling for, not that necessarily the NASB is wrong, it's just I think this gives better for what I'm trying to get, my point I'm trying to get across here today. It talks about the first portion of Ephesians 4 is unity in the body of Christ. And so we're seeing here coming together, I think this is something that is obviously needed in the days ahead, obviously, the writer of Ephesians thought so as well. Um, the new life in Christ that we can see. Then it gets into um, how we are called to walk in love. And in Ephesians 5, and then later down in Ephesians 5, in verse 22, through the end of the chapter, husbands and wives, how they should interact with each other through love and respect. Um, love for the husband, respect. Love for the husband towards the wife, respect for the husband from the wife. That makes sense. Um, whereas the, the husband is, is meant to show love, the wife is meant to show respect towards the husband. And then in Ephesians 6, dealing with child and parent relationship, bond servant, master relationship, slave, master, however you want to 
break that down and then getting into the whole armor of God. And that's where I want to switch over to the New American Standard in dealing with this. We've been talking about, and Daniel, from Daniel 7 earlier this week, about the four beasts of the vision that Daniel saw and how Daniel was shown the interpretation of the coming increase of, you could call it spiritual warfare, for believers in the body of Christ and what that meant. And I want to bring that scripture up later when I talk about something, but I first want to read the armor of God and understand, more so highlight this. I, I won't read it. I think you guys understand what it is um, as far as understanding for our struggles, not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, and against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And the prayer point for this is fairly simple. He says, be sure that you are standing on God's right foundation. And in today's day and age, and I'll get into it later, a lot of the parents are and more so even the kids, the children of those parents, of a younger demographic, are not standing on the Word of God. That's why we want to repent on their behalf for the decisions that they're making, as Daniel did later on in, in um, Daniel after chapter 7. And then ultimately the prayer point is to continue, goes on. Can evaluate your relationships, declare them to be reconciled and in God's order, now stand against the hierarchy of the enemy that is set against your prosperity. And, and I start there in dealing with how we need to really set the Lord as our foundation and how, if we have that foundation, how we can reach out and the need to reach out towards others like a King Josiah of realizing his people didn't understand the principal covenant of the book of law. And with his whole heart, his whole soul, he repented and walked Judah in his time while he was king back into covenant relation, right relationship with the Lord. I think it's a, it's a key example for us moving forward with everything that's going on. Okay. Now, first of all, wanted to get into some news. And then we'll get into some parents' issue and some things I really want to talk about today. Okay, so first things first. We're seeing that there were, unfortunately, two rocket, Russian rockets that were fired into Poland, who is a NATO member. There is rumors, complete rumors, that this incites Article 5, meaning that basically NATO has to defend Poland and any inch and area of Poland a NATO member. Now, it's very close um, along the border of Ukraine. It could have been a rocket that possibly misfired. Maybe it didn't. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe a soldier just got in and shot it off for whatever purpose. I, I hypothetically saying that maybe a Ukrainian shot it off. I, I don't know. And I, nobody really knows right now. And the White House, or more so the Pentagon spokesperson, Brigadier General Patrick Ryder, said, he said, we are aware of the press reports coming out that two Russian missiles have struck a location inside Poland near the Ukrainian border. He says, I can tell you that we don't have any information at this time to cooperate those reports and are looking into this further. When it comes to our security... 
commitments in Article 5. We've been crystal clear, and we will defend every inch of NATO. And he also goes on to talk about how they do not um, have a commitment yet of what they will do as far as going to war. Uh, now, I'm recording this on Tuesday. And I'm, this is playing Wednesday because I have some, some family things to get to early in the morning. But that still holds. And, and no matter if anything changes in the time of this recording to when this plays, is we need to pray. And we, we've been praying. We want to continue to pray for this administration, whether we agree with them on every issue or no issue, whether we agree with how they got there or not. They're in leadership. They're leading our country. And we are called to pray for our leaders. And so we want to continue to pray for them, pray for Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, as he will be heavily involved in these discussions. Um, Lloyd Austin, other uh, generals as well, to have the fear and the wisdom of the Lord to know what to do. Was this just rockets just going off? Did somebody just shoot it off and they didn't intentionally mean to start World War III? Like, there needs to be wisdom involved in this. Um, so we want to be, be very mindful and reverent towards the Lord and seeing what He wants us to do in this season and not make an emotional appeal moving forward. Okay. Now, also, um, some news that are, is coming out on Tuesday is that the rumor is that as of right now, or the report, I should say, as of right now from Fox News, is that McCarthy has won the GOP nomination for House Speaker. But... There is start a sign of cracks showing, and the, the the reports of people coming out and saying certain things of a potential change of the guard of the leadership might be coming. It is starting to show fruition now. How how does it hold? Yet to be determined. So this is a basically yeah we're gonna go forward with this right now vote. Um, the final vote tally was 188 to 31. So, as of right now, Kevin McCarthy, all intents and purposes, will be the, the House Majority Leader for the GOP as things sit right now with a 219 lead for the Republicans. Could that change in January? Possibly. There's wild speculations and reports coming out about well, maybe Steve Scalise, um, maybe um, another uh, Andy Biggs from Arizona, maybe Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Again, right now, very I'm going to key on that. Right now, Kevin McCarthy will be the leader, all intents and purposes, unless something changes from now until January when the actual vote, the legal vote, comes into play. So this is just a saying, yeah, when this comes up, we'll vote for you. Could things change? That's a long way to go. 188 to 31, that's a long way to go. That's a, that's a huge difference to make up. So just those rumors of things coming out, I'm not saying God can't do something, something might happen, whatever the case may be. But right now, this is how it sits. Okay, Just want to give that news and update that. Now, I want to get into something that I think needs to be exposed and believers need to become fully aware of this. So in a conversation that uh, Joe Rogan had with Matt Walsh, they talked about a lot of things. Um, 
if you're not, um, and, and this is a, a explicit warning, if you have children in the room, I would turn it off at this point just because there's some foul language in this. Put in some earbuds. I'm giving you fair warning now. In a conversation around the What is a Woman documentary, they eventually got into gay marriage and got into really the definition of marriage and some social understandings. Now, I want to say this. is If you watch the whole clip, and I'll put the whole clip uh, link up from YouTube, you will get very frustrated as a biblical believer in how Matt Walsh responds to Joe Rogan. But you have to understand this, is when anybody from the Daily Wire conversates with anybody outside of their religious circles, they do not bring up religion or the Bible or anything. They deal with societal definitions, societal norms, etc., stuff like that. That's their prerogative. That's how they operate. And without diving too deep and criticizing Matt Walsh Judy, I think he did a fairly decent job uh, standing up for biblical moral values with that understanding that they don't go outside and they don't use scripture because somebody like a Joe Rogan will not hear it. I mean, even in this conversation, he's ridiculing God to, to Matt Walsh. But I want to start there. Fair warning, explicit warning, but they talk about this. Now, with that being said, I want to pull this clip up, and I want to deal with two things um, in this clip. Number one, um, the the point that has been gone going around for quite some time now about the fact that 50% of all marriages end in divorce. I want to play Joe Rogan's response, and then I want to pause it and play Matt Walsh's response um, to that claim. And they don't dive too deep in it, but I want to deal with this because I think it's, and it's a fairly easy debunking um, that I'll, I want to give a, an extra opinion that Matt Walsh doesn't give. So first is this claim from Joe Rogan. If you, if you wanted to look at logic, especially in our modern society, which is pretty fucked when it comes to relationships, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 50% of all marriages end in divorce anyway. They don't make it. You know, if... Well, I don't know if anything would damage marriage and damage the institution of marriage is the option of divorce. And that is quite true. Now, the, the line he says here is, excuse his language, I gave a fair warning, that 50%, he, the rumor out there, it's a complete rumor, a mythological lie, that 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Okay? Now, I want to get into, and that marriages hurt ultimately by divorce, and the Bible really tells us that, and we see that play out. Now I want to get into Matt Walsh's response here of what he has to say about that. I would agree that um, divorce, especially, uh, you know, uh, this no-fault divorce, rampant divorce, I don't think it's as high as 50%. I know that that's, the, that's often quoted. I'm not sure where that comes from, but um, it is high. It's like, it's too high. And, and Chris I, and, Rock has a great joke about that. He and said it, those are just the people with the courage. Okay. And then Joe Rogan goes on and cuts there. But Matt Walsh points out, he says, look, I don't, where are you pulling that from? Like, you have to say where you're coming up with that. Nobody can say where they're coming up with that um, because that line of reasoning doesn't actually hold up. Now, I want to actually break this down for you. Um, there's a book called The Vision of the Anointed by Thomas Sowell. And in it, he, he talks about this. And this book is very um, statistical 
and deals with numbers and breaking down of numbers and why people are able to come to conclusions like a Joe Rogan in continuing to repeat such lie. And on the claim of half of all marriages end in divorce, uh, the reality is this. He says, in a given year, the number of divorces may well be half as large as the number of marriages that year. But this is comparing apples and oranges. The marriages being counted are only those marriages taking place within the given year, meaning the marriages that actually start that year in any given year. So let's say 2020. Of all the marriages that start there, that's the ones that you're counting as being beginning marriages that year. While the divorces that year are from marriages that took place over a period of decades. So if all the marriages that ended in divorce in 2020, this is a hypothetical situation, was half the number of those that started in 2020. They did not, all the marriages that started or all the marriages uh, going into 2020 didn't end, half of them, but a accumulation, a total of all marriages from past decades that that year got a divorce equals half of the marriages that started that year. So that means you take 10 from 2019, several from 18, back and back and back, decade after decade after decade of all marriages that were there before 2020 started. Again, it's a hypothetical situation. But dealing, hopefully this, this gives in a good example. And then he goes on to say, he says, to say that half of all marriages end in divorce based on such statistics would be like saying that half of the population died last year if deaths were half as large as births. Just as most people were neither born nor died last year, so most marriages did not begin or end last year yet on the basis of such gross uh, misconceptions of statistics. The anointed or those who are trying to push an agenda not only assume airs of superiority, but claims the right to shape public policy, i.e., in this instance, gay marriage for Joe Rogan. And ultimately, I'm going to break this down. According to the 1992 uh, census taken, 11% of all adults who had ever been married were currently in the status of divorce. That's of 1992. Now, it's gotten a little worse since then, but I want to point that out. So, and this rumor is wildly, wildly mispushed. Uh, um, and it's an extreme myth. 50% of all marriages do not end in divorce. That means of all the marriages that went in, if that were true, then every single year, half of the marriages that started that year would be over. And that's not the case. Out of all people who have been married, all the populations of marriage in 1992, only 11% were. So um, a complete fallacy uh, uh, that is being spread through there and I had to bring it and and it deals with the one of those continuing things in Daniel 7 I do want to bring this up is going back and remembering what we went through with King Josiah and what we're seeing the interpretation of the vision from for da to Daniel from the Lord about his vision of the four beasts and what the four the fourth beast um represented in saying that he will spend verse 25 he will speak out against the most high and wear down the saints of the most high how do you think they do that 
by spreading things. That's why it's important to put on the armor of God. That's why it's important, and I'll get into this here in a second, for why we want to pray for parents is because these things are coming to wear down the saints. He will intend to make alterations in time and law. We talked about that, and they will be given into the hands for a time's time and half a time. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and the dominions will serve and obey him. So have that understanding. I want to continue on. Okay. Now, back to uh, Joe Rogan's comments. He goes on uh, the, again to discuss some things about gay marriage. And I think he, uh, and I think you can all very clearly understand um, where he's coming from and how uh, just unf- unfortunately wrong he is on some issues. So I want to make sure I get to this point. So he goes on after his comments about, you know, marriage is ending in divorce. And then he says this. With your wife. It's just called marriage. It's a human invented thing. Saying that marriage is a human invented thing. And he goes on to talk about how it's subjective. Only thing that matters is the two people involved. What does it matter about society at large? Um, it doesn't really matter. And then this is uh, Matt Walsh's response. And, and get under, again, understanding where he's coming from. Um, this is a fairly decent response, um, to say the least. Entirely. And I, I still think you're left with this question of, like, if marriage is not what I'm saying it is. And again, he's understanding, he's saying, Matt Walsh says that, well, the marriage, uh, the definition of marriage is what we've always defined it as between one man and one woman for the purposes of procreation. And Joe Rogan challenges that to say that, well, marriage is just whoever and who cares and whatever. And what, why do we even need it? What's the, I mean, you're saying it's a, it's a man-made institution. Yes. But you're, but you're also, like the way that you're presenting it, it's, it's, it's also, it's a totally meaningless institution no they don't need it at all no it's not meaningless because it means something to the people that get married again subjective to the two people that's all that matters it's just just a subjective symbolic thing i mean what yeah so if you're kind of what it is look and there's a massive responsibility and there's a a there's a great question by matt walsh to say well it's just this subjective doesn't mean anything that's the point of, of exposing. I think he does a good job there. Um, just portions of that interview that I think were worth going over and realizing. And this is just relativism. It's one of those things, again, in Daniel 7, where the enemy's trying to wear down the saints um, with a spiritual overload to convince them to give up in serving the Lord. And and that's what we need right now in this season, uh, um, to stand up, to have the armor of God. Now, I want to get into a study from the uh, Arizona Center of Research, uh, Cultural Center of Research from Arizona Christian University and George Barna, uh, Dr. George Barna himself, and look at why why we really, really need to be praying for parents in this season ahead. So obviously we saw what happened in the midterm elections and the problems... um, to say the least, that persist from that of how younger demographics have voted against biblical moral values. In one instance, the gift, the the, the um, gift of life, is that now. I want to pull up this 
box here of breaking down some things. And the study is around the biblical worldview with the world dilemma of American parents for preteen children. And I think this just highlights the need to pray, come alongside parents of the future generation, currently as they are millennials, and stand with them. Now, these statistics are quite alarming. It's a small snippet of the population, but I think it bears note to the overall overreaching problem that we have as a body of Christ here in this nation, and more so you could say in this nation in general. So from this, you see of all preteen parents, only 2% from this study they deem to have a biblical worldview, and they ask them questions. Are you a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? Do you agree with this definition? Um, and then they ask them where they went to church, and they see that of the people in the study, in the studies of 600 people, 67% self-identify as believers. Okay, that's not bad. But only 4% actually have a biblical worldview, meaning they're engaged, they're involved, they want to pass them down, they want to teach biblical truths to their kids and pass it along. Now, of those 67% who self-identify as believers, <laughs> only 22% of those, so an even smaller number, would actually be considered Christians. And then of that smaller percentage, you would say, okay, that's where you're starting to see where those who have biblical worldviews actually fall in line, as it's 8%. That's still quite alarming. Then you get into the believers who attend Catholic Church, 24%, and 1% of actually having a biblical worldview. Attend J Evangelical Protestant Church, 11%, 6% worldview, mainline Protestant, 11 to 2. Politically conservative, you see, 19%, and 9% have a biblical worldview. Uh, politically liberal or progressive, 17%, 1% worldview. That's I think what you're seeing coming out in the voting blocks that have come out. Um, and then of the ages of parents, 18 to 14, 13%. I mean, they don't really have a statistic on biblical worldview, which is, I think, understanding if they're at that age. Um, as they're still developing in that age, more so than anything. 25 to 44, your huge block of millennials, a huge voting block that really... Um, change some elections based upon how they vote. 56%, so that tells you majority of them were in this bracket, and only 2% had, of the 56% in that age bracket, had a biblical worldview. And 45% old, 31, 4% there. The findings of this are this. That what you can see is, I'm going to make sure, yeah, okay, is that for those who are most likely <laughs> to have a biblical worldview, they come from, uh, southern and or western states in the south, the northwest, uh, or the west, I should say. They're over 45, majority of them, who have a biblical worldview and live it out. Uh, they're politically conservatives, theological conservatives, individuals who attend church associated with the, Protestant, uh, um, the Protestants, adults who have not graduated from college or university, parents... Uh, who, people who have a household income of forty to seventy-five thousand annually, and born-again Christians. And the overall summation from this study finds, and it shows that more than nine out of ten parents of children under thirteen have a muddled worldview. Nine out of ten, so one in ten have a positive worldview. It's very, very alarming for this nation, and why we want to pray for a a revival of this nation. 
Two-thirds, and we showed this, two-thirds of preteen parents claim to be Christians, but only 2% of all preteen parents actually possess a biblical worldview. And according to the new research, in fact, the study shows that a majority of today's parents are millennials, the adult generation in America least likely to possess a biblical worldview. And according to the research, the younger the parent, the less likely they are to have a biblical worldview. Which gets me to a story that I think is a benefit for what has happened from COVID. We had a dream, and Pastor Regis had the dream, that in the dream, Ivanka Trump, who represented the parents, went was presented with the opportunity to stand up for her children. At first, she didn't want to, but in the dream, President Trump at the time said, oh, don't worry about it, she'll come around. And eventually, in the dream, she came around. This is all the representation of the mothers of this generation. They didn't want to, and now they do. And COVID brought that out. And there's a story, two stories I want to highlight. One, a comment made by Betsy DeVos, former um, Secretary of Education, when a comment was made about what is best for children, she said, well, you misspelled parents. And the comment was made from um, basically the teachers union, the NEA, saying that educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and thrive. And she goes, well, you misspelled parents there. And their response was, well, together, families and educators are an essential team for advocating for the resources and opportunities for all students needed. Out-of-touch billionaires, however, are not. And what does this show you? And I don't just mean to attack the NEA, but it shows you representation of not only uh, the anointed teachers unions, um, but where parents need to come and get involved, not just on an educational level, but on a spiritual level as well. So from the benefits of COVID, I just wrote down a few, is you have parents saw what, what was going on, we've, and we've gone over these before. What was going on in schools. Um, this is why Virginia flipped the way it did. This is why Miami and Florida flipped the way it did. This is why risings across this country, school boards have flipped the way they have. One of those is here in North Carolina, in New Hanover County, where a school board that before this election was five to four Democrat lead. Because of this last election, it is flipped five, or excuse me, it was five to two Democrat lead. Now it is flipped five to two Republican because there were four seats that were open. They completely flipped it because they're like, we're not going forward with this. And let me tell you, as a parent who has looking at the options of the schools here, I am not uh, very positive on how the schools are, but that's besides the point. So some benefits of continuing on with my benefits of COVID. You, parents saw what was going on. They're not happy. And now you're, the results of this are school boards overturning. LGBTQ issues got exposed positively. Um, and parents, believers, non-believers like, were like, yeah, we're not doing that. And then ultimately a lack of reading, writing, and arithmetic was being taught. And other host of actual things that teachers need to be teaching. And you're seeing, again, just like Betsy DeVos pointed out, what teachers unions and those in positions of authority and the quote-unquote anointed, as Thomas Sowell points out, of what they really believe. And I want to bring this out. We see this, what's going on in the education system. We see this, what's going on inside the church and the body of Christ and the spiritual health. And Ephesians 4 through 6 outlines some things that can lead us into the coming days of a battle plan 
of how we need to come alongside things we need to teach to build the foundations for not only this nation, but for children and for parents alike. And, and today we just want to take some time and pray for the parents, despite what else is going on, despite the, the, the political leadership in both the Republican and Democratic Party, the, the, the infighting for both parties of who's going to be leader and who's going to be this, um, because they think they're whatever the case may be is at the end of the day, it's going to come from the foundation up. This is how the enemy was able to do it and overturn the school system. How? We're going to have to overturn the school system again into teaching the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic and inside the church as well, teaching the fundamentals of Scripture like a King Josiah did and uprooting those things that were not of God. So I want to close on that. Tremendous victory continuing to come forward on the flipping of school boards, on an opportunity right now, no matter where we're at, there's an opportunity for faith and hope to arise to be able to bring about this revival, this great awakening that we're crying out for, that we're believing for in this day and age. So let's not forget why we're here praying for these type of scenarios, praying for our leadership so that we can spread the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And at first, we need to start with our own nation. So blessings, and I will see you guys later. Have a good one.